Hello, and welcome to the Fun and Sobriety Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan, and I am an alcoholic. Now, before we get to today's podcast, I want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash sobriety. At Audible, you you can find over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So remember to use the uh, discount code SOBRIETY to get a 30-day free trial. And if you've already taken advantage of a 30-day free trial in the past, you can cancel and do it again, but use slash SOBRIETY, and we will get a little bit on the back end. Um, But that out of the way, um, I am uh, happy uh, with today's podcast. That's a weird way to put it. Uh, I'm happy that I am having another conversation. Um, It was the first conversation I've recorded in several months since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, for sure. Um, And uh, this is a conversation I attempted once in the past and was dissatisfied with the depth to which we had achieved uh, 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 connection in our conversation. I don't know how to put it. It seemed like we had a shallow talk. And uh, I wanted to repeat that. But the nature of this guest required that we had to wait an entire year before we could uh, revisit. So I was very happy to find that uh, she was returning to the area and was willing to sit back down with me and have a conversation. And we talk about growing up in sobriety, like literally... Uh, getting sober at a very young age and staying sober and uh, and touch on uh, having relationships in sobriety and in recovery um, amongst a lot of other t- things traveling and working abroad um, and just general you know fun and sobriety uh, bullshit you know since this is the fun and sobriety podcast so uh, oh and before we get into it, I do want to make a comment on the audio quality. Uh, There was an issue with the memory card, and I was unable to uh, independently modulate both of our uh, recordings um, so that even though we did record on separate tracks, it was saved as an individual track, which if anybody's tried to mess around with audio before, it's almost impossible to clean anything up when that happens. So I intentionally set Joy's levels quite high as she was far away from the microphone and at some point I believe she may have gotten closer and so there's a distinct audio disparity between our voices that is just impossible to accommodate without I don't know spending a week trying to clean it up and let's be clear I'm not going to put that much energy into these podcasts uh I'm just not (laughs) but um you know it's still a listenable audio file and uh, I think a very terrific conversation so um, please uh, enjoy my conversation with Joy Z. Three years. I was there three years. Three years you've yeah. been gone. You've been, you've been, yeah. And now you're planning to spend a fourth year now. Are you ever planning to come back home? I don't to know. come back to the United States? Honestly, I, I think eventually for sure. Okay. Like, 
Yeah, but I don't know when eventually it will be. So this must be very fulfilling for you. It's like a dream. I'm living my dream. Really? Yeah. But, okay, so we've known each other for a, a bit now, right? For I would 11 say, years I concede that. Yeah, you concede that. I concede right? that. <laughs> <laughs> I have no defense. But the only reason I reference that is I don't recall... Uh, at any point in the prior to four years ago, you were mentioning that this was your dream. So where where did this come from? I have wanted to live abroad since I, I can remember. No, okay, that, that's reasonable. But but the Middle East. That, that... No, the the Middle East part was not necessarily part of the dream. Okay. <laughs> but the abroad was, <laughs> and uh, you know you have to start somewhere. Well, okay, I'm a teacher, right? So like, and the, I'm being facetious and not like okay. to. So the the international teaching is a thing. And and it's almost like there's a circuit, which is don't quote me on that. But like there are there are some top tier schools okay. and then you know it kind of goes down from there. Sure. And to get into one of these top tier schools, you kind of got to some people get lucky and get hired by those first. Oh, I see. And you sort of got to start somewhere. And the Middle East is the place where a lot of people start cuz the money's pretty good. Okay. Um but the money's very good. So the money's pretty good, but the money's... Well, really there are good. some schools that are better, but yeah. but generally in the Middle East, you have pretty good... So what kind of, what kind of school? Is this like a private school that you teach at? Yeah, the one that I was at was a private school in Abu Dhabi. In Abu Dhabi. I just like to say It Abu is Dhabi. fun to say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had lots of Western kids and a fair sure. share of local kids as well. And you're teaching English? Math. Oh, math, okay. I, I knew that. I, just, I was going to try to make a joke. <laughs> Sorry. Beat you to that. No, that's fine. Teaching math to uh, uh, basically expat, children of expats? Is well, that how that works? when you go into international teaching, you think you're going to teach expats. Okay. However, the school I was at is a, mm, a lot locals. Okay. And um, <clears throat> that changes the way it goes. How does that describe what you mean? <laughs> Um, because you started teaching in Boise, correct? Yeah, yeah, I taught in Boise for six years. Okay. Uh, and meanwhile, I did a master's degree. Sure. You know, overseas in Ireland. Okay. Through Michigan State. Okay. Where I learned how you figure out how I learned how to do international teaching. Why now? That's a curious. So you did a satellite program because you didn't move to Michigan, so you were doing those satellite. Correct. No, no, it was in person. It was three summers oh, in Ireland. That's intensive. what it was about. Okay. You do I, remember me going. I remember yeah, going to yeah, Ireland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't register that that was yeah. part of a school program. Yes. Yeah, so, probably I did it back then and I completely forgot about yeah. joy. I'm going to admit that my brain just doesn't function that well anymore. Uh, so. Well, I'm, it's not on the list of things that you need to know. <laughs> sure. Okay, so you, okay, okay. So that was, those were that those, and then that's right. I remember you were coming back from Europe and then saying we're gonna I'm gonna move to Abu Dhabi and that I just kind of shrugged and thought well that's a yeah. curious choice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Okay. Yeah. So why Israel? What's up with Israel? Well, so um, at the end of this three years, like I always knew I was not gonna be in the Middle East very long. It's for one, it's too hot. Okay. Which I know is a stupid thing to say coming from Texas, uh, which is where I'm no, from. But I think that that makes it so all hot. the more it's relevant so if that you're coming from Texas, having grown up. You, so you were born and there. raised in Texas. Yes, right? yes. And you're living somewhere that you register is still too hot. Way so. too hot. Okay. Um, and after living in Boise, Idaho, if anybody's been there, right? Like, this is a lovely place to be. Yes. 
We have amazing weather. We have green. We have four seasons. We have like, okay. Four Trust seasons me. Is fine. We're going to round up to where, four. Compared to, yeah, it's fine. Compared to where you've been. Uh, you know, like, I don't Two have the very brief, air con on at night, but like, uh, and then, so when you live in Boise, I've found that we all are outside all the time. Mm -hmm. We're either skiing in the winter mm -hmm. or hiking in the summer, whatever. And in the Middle East, it's you're just inside in air conditioning all the time unless you go dive okay i mean there are some freakoids who like bike and i tried to run i'm a runner yeah i did some running okay but at like I, four in the morning two in the morning I don't, at best you know like it's hard yeah. so i just knew i couldn't be inside okay. so i was thinking about coming home yeah actually because i anyway i was just done and then i went to a job fair and the only reason I went to this job fair was because my company pays for a couple job search days. Oh, okay. So um, a day off, basically. Basically. Yeah. yeah, I was in Dubai. I stayed with a friend. Yeah. And I got to this job fair, and I interviewed with, like, four schools, and nah. And uh, I was walking past this table and this for the Israel school, and this guy was nice, said, hey, turns out he's from Montana. Okay. Which is right next to Idaho, right? So, same part of the world. That Montana? The that one Montana? That's right next to here? Yeah, that one. Okay. <laughs> so, we start off a conversation. They need math teachers. Anyway, here we are. And it just. So, he's a guy already in the program that you joined? He's He was the principal of that school. <clears throat> Got it. Yeah. He's the, the principal from Montana? Yeah, because international teachers are often Western. Oh, okay. Often uh, American and Canadian. Just, yeah. Would, I guess I would assume the administration was local, but. Whatever. Nope, they're not. I'm just pretending I have hey, any idea of any of It's this. okay. Just uh, ask if I don't clarify. Um, so we struck up this conversation, and as life has a way of happening, all these things fell into place. Sure. And it just became really evident to me, like, this was a good choice. Okay. I already have a couple of connections in Israel. I've been there before. It's a, Isn't it hot in Israel, too? It's not as hot. Really? Like, they sent out a memo a couple months ago, or maybe a month ago, that said, beware. It gets really hot in August. It gets to be about 30 Celsius, which in Abu Dhabi regularly we're at 40. Oh, God. And 30 is somewhere bad. around 90. Sure, yeah. So, um, yeah, so um, this is a, you know, we get all the, I get all the tax benefits of living abroad. Oh, okay. And it's a... So now we're zeroing in on the real reason here. <laughs> it is a good reason. <laughs> but, well, being a teacher in America is like... Uh-huh. And in Boise, Idaho is, you know, it's it's double the head shake that you just did. Oh, my God. Like, but I'll tell you what. I have an incredible, I mean, the Boise School District is amazing. Okay. Like, the trainings that I got to go through to are just hands down better than most of the ones that my friends that I've met have gone to. Really? Yeah, Boise is great. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Now, again, with pay, teaching in America is hard. Yeah. But, um... So anyway, Israel's happening, and it's a two-year contract. Oh, really? So you're going to be there for two years? Yeah, yeah. Most everybody starts with two-year contracts. Some of the top-tier schools are maybe three years. Interesting. Do you know where right. you're going to be sent yet? Or what? I guess, do you know where the school is specifically? I, well, I know on the map. Mm -hmm. And I had planned to go there in June and visit. Mm -hmm. Clearly, that did not happen. Because, <laughs> you know, whole border closing sure. thing. Okay. Um, okay, but so wait. When does this begin for you? When does the... I arrived July 31st. So you're leaving from here to there? Yes. Okay. Um, and then we have to quarantine for two weeks. Okay. So that would be exciting. 
But so we've all... Why would that be exciting? Or that was being facetious. Yes, that was being okay. facetious. Okay. You were even looking at me and you couldn't tell. I can't tell. Really. <laughs> so you're going to quarantine for two weeks and then you start at the end. Yeah, I think they're going to start our orientation on Zoom. Okay. Oh. But, mm. but you know, we get a housing allowance and they helped find us apartments. We'll have Wi-Fi. We, I mean, it's, it's amazing. That's International great. teaching is amazing. But That's terrific. Yeah, anyway. I guess if you're a teacher, it's amazing. If you're a uh, material scientist, maybe not so fun. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's great if you get a job in like the oil industry. Oh, man. I've met a couple of material scientists, so your ears were probably ringing a yeah. couple times randomly in the middle of the night. Yeah. I'm like, I know somebody that does that. I, or... would, I would say that my application of material science to my job is very minimal. So <laughs> my ears, if my ears were ringing, it was probably because of something else. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> all right. So it's a sobriety podcast. I, I should have started off by, right. by saying from the go, you know, this is this is this is my friend Joy. Uh, you know, we're just going to start that somewhere in the middle, anyway. Okay. Um, as as I've already said, I've known you since for eleven years, right? Like you were, you may have been. No, you weren't at the first meeting I went to. Because the first one I went to was somewhere, not where you would have been. Okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> We'll just leave that part alone. Sure. <laughs> but you were part of what I, I consider you part of my early sobriety, right? Because you, I, I, I got, I consider uh, the Red House, the a, the seven a.m. meeting is where you know I say I got sober, and you were a regular attendee of said seven a.m. meeting. Mm-hmm. I feel like we can talk about it just freely because it's more or less gone at this point, right? I don't know. Uh, well, the building is complete. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. No, there's. It's, oh, I didn't it's, know that. It's becoming a. Uh, it's oh. fast on the way to being a parking lot at this point. Which oh. I'm already looking forward to pointing at the bottom level and <laughs> showing my children where I got sober. <laughs> right there. I'm sure they'll be thrilled. Um, but I don't know. I, it's been a while since I've sat down with anybody to talk. Anyway, so let's just let's just be kind of freewheeling here. You know. Okay. Tell me. Tell me what. What do you remember about me the first time you saw me do it? No, that's not what I'm actually asking. Okay, but my impression when I walk into that room the first handful of times, you know, still kind of glass-eyed and not not clear of what I'm doing is every single person in that room has a thousand years of sobriety and they're all rock solid, right? And so... You, you you understand that that's probably not the case for most of the people in that specific room, especially... But I get the impression that you still are or were, right? Like there was a handful of people who seemed like rocks and you're one of them. Thank you. So what, remind me, I know all the answers to this for the most part, but remind (laughs) me what brought you in to recovery in the first place, right? You were growing up in in Texas, you said, right? Yeah. Where? Austin, right? Um, So how did I get to... The program. All the things. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, I was living in San Antonio. Hmm. And it's all one Texas. That's right. It's, it's all the same. Um, I was in college, and I uh, just had discovered, you know, a lot of it's fuzzy, mm-hmm. as probably it is for many of us. But I do know I kind of pieced together that when I drank, things weren't going well. Right. Or when things were going well, I had been drinking. I don't know if I, that's kind of advanced. I don't know if I had pieced that together, but um, 
I was also volunteering at a church. Oh, you're very churchy, aren't you? Yeah, I'm very churchy. Oh, boy. Come on. Well, <laughs> well, I think I've gotten less churchy, but sure. you might not think so. Um, it's all it's all relative. <laughs> yeah, it is. So um, we were going... That's right. You were very churchy back then. I think I recall this. Oh, man. Anyway, I, um, a, but I was working as a youth... We called them youth sponsors, basically mm-hmm. a youth director. Okay. With... Um, in my college. denomination in during college, college. Okay. we were all about five or I don't know some number of churches were caravanning to Suwannee Tennessee to do work and I got paired up with a handsome boy who I thought was a handsome boy and, you and handsome boy before we even got <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's still a lovely handsome boy oh, okay. so uh, before we even got out I am going to make you super uncomfortable the whole time. So just do you? Do I look uncomfortable? You just keep going. Oh, okay. Um, before we even got out of the Taco Bell, out of the city limits, like I had just emotionally thrown up all over this guy, and we were sharing a van. Did I? Did I forget to tell that? Like, like just the two of you in the van, and our kids, right? Because we uh, neither one of us had enough students <laughs> to like fill up a whole van, so okay. we shared one van, and I was just so excited that this, I got to share a mm-hmm. van with this guy. I already knew of him. Okay. So anyway, I don't remember how this topic came up, but something about drinking came up. And he probably said something like, I don't drink anymore. And I was like, oh, I've just discovered that drinking in me doesn't work very well. And that's all I remember. Then I just remember, you know, two weeks of like trying to make him notice me. And when we got back, he invited me to a meeting. So I think what he said is, hey, you want to go to a meeting? And what I heard is, do you want to hang out? Yeah. <laughs> like all I heard was Sky Tape paying attention to me. And so uh, signed to the meeting. It was a Thursday night, and I have been sober ever since. That is ridiculous. I mean, I mean that that's the truth. But I mean, it's the truth. Every time I hear that, it feels ridiculous to me. And I just celebrated 24. 24. Like on Saturday. Was that just last Saturday? Yeah, which is like four days ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah. Now, I'm not saying I'd been sane or like a nice person to be around during that 24-year period, but but I hadn't drank. You've probably been a pretty nice person to be around most of that time. I guess so. I don't know. I don't. Maybe that's why you keep running away from, I, from towns, right? <laughs> I do not have accurate self-appraisal. I do know that. Oh, my God. Okay. I mean, some people do, I think, but I don't. Okay. So 24 years. Oh wait, no, I don't want to be rude. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask the other question of how young you were. You can ask. It's okay. I'm all right with it. <laughs> but I'll make you ask. So you were nine. <laughs> we'll go with nine. <laughs> I was 20. Okay, 20 is still super young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super young. Yeah. 20, when I when I see 20 year olds, when oh I see God. anybody under 35, honestly, <laughs> I know, you're like what? I yeah I, yeah. I, I you know not to be. It's too facetious. I just, I, I don't think that that's going to take. Especially well, young people. I don't know. Well, and I think, I mean, I think the record probably shows that. Um, Having no evidence about this whatsoever. Sure. Well, and I don't but, mean that in a bad way necessarily. It just, you're not, you're still a kid, right? Well. Your brain hasn't even. Yeah. And what we know now is how little we knew when we were 20. <laughs> like, we didn't know true. when we were 20. <laughs> but the flip side is. The handful of people that I do know who have hung on through that and and maintained sobriety, they seem to have pretty solid sobriety. I don't know where the, the maybe this is a good question for you. <laughs> have you thought about this? Like somewhere, I would guess in your mid twenties, early thirties, some kind of line. I I project that there must be some kind of like internal shift where you realize that 
whatever it was when you were, I, I guess it's the same as just maturing, but maturing in sobriety, did something shift for you? Was it, did you have any change in the way you approached your sobriety as you matured, I guess is where I'm trying to go with um, Or am I just putting something on you and it's never been something you've thought about? In which case, you're definitely on the spot to give me an answer. <laughs> um, I don't... Because, okay, you say you, you followed our guy in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've known you long enough. I know this is part of your rambling. I am John. This is the guy called I stayed for the Doritos. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> and I know that that's an open yeah. begin speaking about yourself, but I also suspect there was more underlying that as you... Yeah, as for you, sure. As you grabbed on. So was there a, a, a difference between... What, what do you, what do you, when you look back on your young, young self, compared to, I don't know, 10 years in, compared to 20 years in, 24 years in, does it feel like a different approach to your recovery? Yeah, like, yeah. And how, can, you, can you put in that, yeah. put that in many terms? Yeah, um, I know what you're saying. And um, I, I just pause because I'm trying to figure out where to start. Sure, just jump in. I, I just, well, I'll go backwards and answer the first question first. Mm -hmm. um, I can, I, there was not like a point in time where I go, yesterday I felt this, you know what I mean? No, I know, I know. But you know, you know, I listen to some people in meetings and they talk like that. Yeah, okay. You know, I mean, I've never heard people say, and then I never blah, blah, blah again or whatever. And those always, I, those are like warning, warning, <laughs> danger. I agree. Um, and so I don't want to imply that that has happened, but I can say sitting here today, it's a whole different ball game okay. than 10 years ago. Like it's become... And when I say it, it's like sobriety. And I don't even, I even hesitate to say sobriety because it's more like it's just a way of Life. being yeah. in the world, like this connection with my higher power. Mm -hmm. um, and I think on this point, we probably are actually pretty similar, even though we have completely different higher powers. Sure. Like it's just, I just relate to the world in a way that I never, that I had to work at before, yeah. you know, like before it was just so agonizing. Not drinking was never very agonizing for me. Okay. Being around other human beings was super agonizing. Sure. I did not know how to do that. And, and being nice, which I didn't ever feel like I did a very good job of, but ridiculous. see again, not accurate self-appraisal okay. on that, but, but I do, I can say for probably, well, I got divorced when I was 32 or 33, anyway, somewhere around there. So that means I was what fourteen years sober or something, Gosh, and I forgot you were married. That's right. Yeah, I was married for ten years. Oh, boy. Yeah, and so that was pretty agonizing that whole period of time, and and there was a lot of work and effort involved sure. in sobriety, and well, and it's not even in sobriety; it's in life. In life, you know, like well, trying to be married from twenty three on is that's going to require work. Right? Yeah, especially or, when you're a nutcase like well, I or was. Significant, just like yeah. not paying any attention. To anything. Yeah, like yeah, it kind of feels like it's one yeah. or the other. Yeah. And this might be the best way to describe it. And I it's like, I feel like the first however long, 15 years, or I don't know, till the last five or six, were really, there. it was a lot of work. And it was like, I was trying to like, resolve the past, let go of the past, mm -hmm. like deal with the past. I don't know what verb it is, you know, but like let go of sure. and, and we're in the, I don't know how my sponsor says that she's heal she uses the word heal a lot yeah, you know right. and so now i feel like at some point in the last few years i feel like i really am free of the past i mean i'm not saying like things don't come up 
But now it's like I can almost watch them coming, sure. <laughs> see them. I have a tool. I have a couple tools, and then they kind of go away. But before that, it was just like I was everything was just um, I was always dealing with some issue from the past to try to get free of. And it's not like I'm not like that anymore. Like I am in no means close to perfection. But I just don't I'm not, you know, for example, like when I was uh, that first decade or so sober, I mean, I was always and maybe later. I was always doing whatever the new thing was, i.e., like... Uh, in life or in sobriety? No, no, no. There's, like, there's only yeah, I didn't say that correctly. <laughs> no, I didn't say that correctly, but, like, always, I was always... Always re- the same thing. I was always reading self-help books, and I was always... I mean, I am a compulsive step worker still to this day. Sure. That part hasn't changed. But, like, I was always reading what... I mean, I have a certification in Chinese medicine because I was always trying right. to figure out the thing that was going to heal me. That's right. Okay, like I got all this stuff. I remember stuff. seeing that. I remember seeing I don't like that. to tell people that. I remember seeing that. It, it was such a, uh, what's the right word? It, it, it didn't jive with the rest of your spiritual mm. approach. Like when I saw that and then heard you talking all your Jesus stuff. Hey, man. <laughs> Sorry. I am just going to say it. It didn't yes, seem to jive with me. But let's just just be clear. Like, I do not proselytize the Jesus stuff. Oh, of course not. No, no, no. All right. We were, just, just, we were just chatting, of course. All right, all right. This is but, external. But, yeah. <laughs> but most Jesus folks are not going to be into acupuncture as a practice. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As, a, yeah. as a personal study. I don't yeah. Even, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I don't mean to take you offline. No, no, it's fine. Um, so anyway, I just was always into whatever I thought was going to heal me. Mm-hmm. Right? And... And I don't know, it's not like that anymore. Like now I'm so much, more, this is the way I put it, like my blog is called Superficial Joy because I just, uh-huh. I, I feel like the Oprah book part of my life is over. Oh like my God. this is the way I like think of it. You know, I feel like since I moved to the Middle East, uh-huh. I like got some friends who are not in recovery. We just talk about movies. We go diving. Sure. We go out to dinner. Was that's that, it. That, you know, like. First time you've had non-recovery. No, it's not at all. It's not at all. But I just find when I was here in Idaho, I had a hard time like making friends who um, weren't weren't drunks and alcohol. No, not at all. I don't mean to imply that at all. I'm like off on a tangent now, but I just um, one of the reasons I love international teaching is you can meet somebody in line, Mm -hmm. say at Starbucks. Mm And then you might decide an hour later to go on a trip together. Sure. I got you. I got you. There's a, you're all kind of on an island. Yeah. So you, you're much more yeah. likely to just kind yeah. of. Yeah. And here, I don't, I, I was kind of on this island sure. all by myself. <laughs> sure. And yeah, I mean, that is the flip side of this area is people are a little weird. Well, <laughs> so. I, I reserve judgment on that, but I, I did find it's trouble. Not, it's not judgment. It's just accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I just found problems finding people who had the same adventure streak that I did like and I'm willing to like go fly somewhere for the weekend I don't know anybody in Boise that's willing to do that with me generally you know I can tell you that I wouldn't do that yeah (laughs) well you have children Children. and like a job as you're saying that I'm like well a lot of people just kind of have responsibilities I know so what you're you're adding yourself as being uh, directionless with no responsibilities okay let's move on to the next Hmm. topic (laughs) I am rolling my eyes right now (laughs) but okay um, uh, so you came in 
following a Jesus boy. I, I don't. I don't mean to keep putting that Jesus word in there, but like you're working it out. It's okay. I'm not working it out. I'm trying very hard not to make you feel like attacked by saying it so much. Is what I'm saying. Oh no, I'm not feeling attacked. So you followed a churchy guy in, right? And you were a churchy person, so well, I. I did, but the churchy descriptor is not at all a factor in why I followed him in. Okay, but where I'm going with that is, generally speaking, that seems to define or guide our sense of spirituality um, in general, right? Like if if we're churchy people, Hmm. that becomes our initial inroad into spirituality because it's kind of part of it, right? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. it's kind of like the, it might be the higher power you start with. There you go. So and that's, then, that's where I'm going. So yeah. com- compare like that aspect of your recovery back then to whatever point that you were just referencing five years ago or um, transition. Well, I can tell you, I did grow up in the Bible Belt of Texas. And right. a defining moment in my life was uh, going to summer camp. I mean, I had no friends when I was little. Uh-huh. People incessantly made fun of me. When I was little, much like yourself. I'm holding to this lack of self-awareness. You're also a very well-liked person, and everybody has positive reviews of your demeanor. I'm telling you, if you go back to like 15 years old. Go to before I met you. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is how it's been since I've known you, but before I met you. But anyway. But anyway, so my experience was that. And and, uh, so... I went to church camp, as many of us down south do. Of course. And... uh, and that is where I found a connection with a God because that was the counselor there was the only person that wasn't laughing at me. Mm-hmm. So that was where I started my relationship with this higher power. Okay. Um, and where was I going with that? As you enter the program. Okay. So as I enter the program, I'm in college mm-hmm. and I'm taking this philosophy class. It was existentialism. And I was deathly afraid, deathly afraid that this class was going to dismantle my higher power. Like I was so afraid that I wasn't allowed to have um, recovery and like this religious Jesus as the same thing. Like I didn't know that they could coexist. What does that have to do with the existential philosophy class? Well, I don't know, except that it did. Except it made you question things except, that you hadn't questioned except before? Except that I was, yeah, I was really... I don't know how it relates, but it 100% did. Like, it just, I felt so threatened. I was like, how can I take this class? And it was the same same time I got sober. Uh-huh. And I had this Jesus God. Uh-huh. And I just didn't know, am I even allowed to take existentialism well, if I, I would, believe in Jesus? Yes, that if you, know, you went to your pastor, well, you would have said no. <laughs> well, now I know you can. I mean, you look at Kierkegaard. He was actually Christian, right? But anyway, not the point. <laughs> but um, it was... I bring it up because it was the first time that my God got bigger. Okay. And so what I have found as a result of that experience is like I didn't have to throw out my higher power, but I definitely needed to like refine it. Okay. Because like the Jesus that I was worshiping or that I hate, I hate that word. I hate that word. The higher power I had was not big enough uh-huh. at all. This is the conversation that rings through my head from when we were hanging out back when way way back when really just the idea of the the higher power not being big enough and that, that concept doesn't ring for me so that's so interesting every time i hear anybody say it i think of you really but yeah you're one of the first person first people who ever said it in a conversation with me where i was like get a bigger god i i don't understand what that means because i mean god is you know god is everything so i'm gonna get bigger it's already everything 
Well, but that was my own like right, 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 right. Where I was like, I guess it really is true that everybody's got their own view on what the heck's going right. on here. So I guess you don't agree with Nietzsche that God is dead and we killed him. I would <laughs> suggest that there was never a God. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But all of that is just yeah, yeah, jibber jabber because you. I mean, my take on the way you just described that is, is yeah, I mean, you were in a philosophy class, so if you're going to have any success in it, you have to start yeah. thinking about shit that you yeah. probably never thought about before, and I can appreciate yeah. why that, in conjunction with entering into, I'm assuming the idea of sobriety and recovery was a pretty brand new thing. Yeah. I don't believe you've ever mentioned that there's a vast array of drunk people in your past in no. your home, so it's not like you had exposure to it. Most people... I feel like most of us don't have any real connection to sobriety until we like <laughs> come wandering like tail between our legs into those rooms, right? Like prior to that, it's some vague idea that we saw on I don't know some whatever your your favorite after school special you want to reference is, right? Point is, is you know, once you walk in and you you're like, oh shit, this is like a serious thing, and these are like serious people, and this is a serious, you know, this is a serious condition, and they're talking about big big things beyond just putting a plug in the jug you know it sounds like you were raised with a belief and through that you you found your own way to to have a personal connection to a god but then when you were at that age when you were trying to get sober you had to suddenly put you know put put the I don't know, put your money where your mouth yes was. that's a good way to put it yeah it was like I always had this connection but like it was you know the phrase, how's that working for you? Mm. It was not. Sure. <laughs> and so this philosophy class, I think, was my first foray into having to become more open-minded. Uh-huh. And, uh, okay. yeah, so I have had the same higher power, but it, I've just, I mean, I think so another way, bigger. yeah, I think another way to say the same thing is, like, I've learned to trust <laughs> it more and more. Okay. Right? I've learned to rely on it with more parts of my life. Interesting. Okay. And that's, so... Is that how you would describe the difference between today's joy and 10, 15 years ago, 24 year, years ago joy? Mm, I think the most efficient way I would describe it is in, in the big book, somewhere is when it's talking about step 10, and it talks about uh, we rec- when we, we touching a hot flame, we recoil from alcohol as if uh-huh. from a hot flame. And then it says, and we find that this has happened automatically. Right. Right, this reaction has happened automatically. To me, that's what has happened to me. It's like living this way with this connection has become automatic. Like I don't have to work at it. I have to consciously say, okay, I am going to rely on my God today. Right, like, which I did for a long, long, long time. And that certainly days come up. But like just the way I am in the world has become automatic in the best way. Okay. That's the best way I can put words to the experience I've had. So in that, does is there any kind of daily or regular practice that you do today that you've done differently than you used to? Or, or how does that work? Uh, I, I wake up a- every day. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't drink, and that's the only thing I've done consistently. I feel you. Yeah, like, I mean, I go through periods of like, today I'm going to meditate, and I make it about two and a half minutes. Uh-huh. And I'm like, or I'm going to go out to sleep. <laughs> or I really need to sure. check my voicemail. Sure. You know, like, you know. 
I'm, I am not a person that has ever been able to stick with any sort of regimen, regime. So, but, but is there something that you, you would ascribe to be, a, I mean, you just, like you just said, I mean, you feel a, a more intuitive connection across the board. Yeah. And I'm not meaning to put you on the spot. Is there anything you do on a regular basis, like when, I don't know, when you feel turmoil or yes. when stuff comes up? Yes. That... I mean, compared to what you did when you first came in, right? I mean, it sounds like it's pretty much like you were going by the book, literally. Yeah, like step yeah, by step. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say the things that I do, and it's going to sound like a little poster on a wall, mm -hmm. but the things that I do do reliably are I go to meetings. Sure. Like, uh, even during quarantine when we're on Zoom and you can go to meetings worldwide, sure. <laughs> I found myself going to only one or two a week and I'm like, this is not okay. Like, I could be on 24 seven, right? Yeah. Technically, yes. Yes, right, like, um, but I go to meetings that. and um, I go to meetings and I work steps. So when there's a disturbance in the force, mm -hmm. I get on it, I get out paper. And I start writing, and I am in contact with my sponsor. The goal is once a month. I mean, excuse me, not not true. Uh -huh. Once a week. Sometimes it ends up being once a week. The goal is once a week. Right. But time. pretty much, I feel like when there's a disturbance in the force, I take some action. Right. You know, like, and I guess mainly, and I sponsor people. Mm -hmm. And I, and so. How is that working across, overseas? You know, it's amazing. Because um, my sponsor for the last couple of years when I lived here, I hardly ever saw her. We did the entire steps, the entire steps. That's not grammatically correct. We did All one that. round of steps completely over the phone. Nice. So, um, one really long phone call. <laughs> such a Dylan joke. <laughs> um, and so from, uh, from the point of view of my, me calling my sponsor, it has been the same. In fact, oh, I call her more now. Is it the same? Or have you got, I guess it doesn't matter. I just wonder, is it somebody across this, I can't want to say across the pond because that's it's good enough. annoying. I mean, but is it somebody in the same time zone-ish from where you are? Well, when I first moved there, I will say when I first moved there, I talked to my sponsor and I realized I needed to have someone there physically, as sure. Father Tom says, that I can stalk, oh, you know, stalk. like... <laughs> No, you know, stalking sounds like a very yeah. high in the joy. Book. Yeah. So, yes, that makes sense. <laughs> it was a woman. And so I did ask I'm someone not there anything other than to be my temporary sponsor. Because, like, I, I, I had a really rough first semester. And so I did a lot of inventory and I need a lot of help. And the program saved me. And so I had someone there physically. But, um, but, then I realized, you know, I had to work through that. But then I realized I could just call my sponsor regularly and that would help a lot. Okay. And so now as for sponsoring women, there's been a couple that needed me, needed a sponsor that was physically present. So, you know, a couple oh, that you got new, that, that were here, you know, it didn't work for them. Yeah. But then I have one that lives here that I talk to more now that I live on the other side of the world than <laughs> I did when I was in Boise. So there and I know. Yeah, I... I, I don't know what it is, but, um, so with work, you know, I mean, the thing is, and then I sponsored some people there. So the thing is, is like God's in charge of it, right? Like we get dealt the people we need to help yeah. or not help, you know? That's good. Yeah. I don't know if it's good or bad. It just is. Well, it's a good, it's a good answer. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> huh? Well, I want to 
I want to talk about relationships in okay. in recovery. Right? Because as you said, you, you <laughs> followed a boy in, and I'm aware that you've had more than one relationship within re- yeah. within your within your works uh, in your works. Well, while you've been in recovery, yep. What um, I don't know, like when you you got married, was this a, a gentleman that you met in the in the room? Yep. And um, I don't I don't have an agenda. I just. Do you have a question? I don't really have a question. <laughs> I, I, I guess, I mean, how do you, how do you, because um, you're a single person now, yeah. right? And you've been single. For a while. Well, but, I mean, I guess I register you've had boyfriends through the years, right? And I, you and I have had our, our moments <laughs> in the past. Let's put it that way. Okay. That's why I'm being uh, uh, kind of dancing around. This, this is why he's uncomfortable. I'm not uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't want to make you uncomfortable. So I'm, I'm trying to word this in a way that doesn't make it feel like I'm like trying to jab at you or something. No, so, no, no, no. I mean, I, I, let's talk about relationships in recovery. Okay, let's right? do. So, I mean, you, you're the guest. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to direct the questions <laughs> at you. Um, I, you know, what have you learned through... I mean, you've grown up in sobriety, yeah. right? I mean, I'm going to guess at 20, yeah. you weren't super experienced being a, a yeah. Bible Belt raised church girl. I'm just going to go out on a limb and assume that you weren't having multitude high school relationships prior to going to college. Okay. So you basically spent your, your uh, <clears throat> you've learned how to be in relationships or not be in relationships in, in sobriety. Yeah. How... I'm how's that going? Yeah, how's, that going? <laughs> yeah. so how's that working out for you, Joy? <laughs> I didn't mean it to sound like that. Oh, man. No, because I I mean, I register that this is synonymous with, like, how have you grown as a person because yeah. you can't pull Hope, those apart. Right. Hopefully right? they both change together. Well, presumably, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, do you do you... Again, going back to your your line, I treat those as like a line where like I followed a boy in there. Yeah. What what is that? I mean, where, there's got to be some more emotional attachment to that as you've gone through your through your life, right? Like, there's okay for me. I, I know when I first started coming into the rooms, especially the first couple of years, I would intentionally place myself in a spot where I could not see. You know, I'd walk in and of course I'd zero in on the handful of like five different women in the room and I'd be like, oh, I got a So I would find a location that I couldn't easily see any of them if mm. I could, right? So that because I, I felt easily distracted and I'm whatever I am, right? That was very grown up of you, may I say. Well, but it was because by the time I was coming in, yeah. when we met, I, I knew I was in trouble. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I knew myself well enough at that point. I mean, I'm not going to yeah. claim I was good. Uh, I had a good... But this is a difference between coming in when you're 20 and when you're not 20. <laughs> Seven, I yeah. Guess, 36, yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Oh, I mean, sure. I mean, hopefully you know yourself a little bit better at thirty-six than at twenty. I certainly did. But and and I knew I was going to distract myself. Yeah. Big time, bro. Yeah. And yeah. so that was my, you know, and it, and it, it that worked insofar as like whatever was right in front of me wasn't on my yeah. mind. It yeah. Did, yeah. Certainly didn't lead for me from being distracted by women. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think that was directed that at me. Was directed okay. 
So I mean, what's your ver- do you have a version of that? I don't I don't I don't really talk about this much outside of like one on one with people, so it's a little awkward to come while you me. record. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, oh, how about I'll just talk and you just let me know if I'm answering the question that you think you're you, asking. You do what you need. That's good. Well. Because I'm going to guess that you uh, changed your approach to well, relationships and sobriety, relationships with people you meet in specifically in, in recovery versus just people you meet in the world, that kind of thing. Uh, I don't know. This is like, <laughs> I mean. This is the reaction I was going for. <laughs> well. I mean, the thing that comes to mind at first is I, I I truly believe that God meets us where we are. Okay. Okay, which is why I think I found sobriety. Because God knew I wasn't going to come in if there wasn't a shiny boy to follow around. No, and I, right? I, I so, genuinely appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I, I wish, you know, like, well, as you say, I, I got married. You know, when I moved to Boise, I was married. I guess, um, I, guess I knew that. Well, you may not have known that. I don't no, know if I you think, were here yet. but No, I... I wasn't in recovery. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I met this man who, I mean, he's a great human being. Mm-hmm. Like, we just, I, I'm not entirely sure marriage was the best choice for us. But, I mean, he helped me in so many ways. Um, so I don't ever want to disparage him. Um, and I think it was a really, really crappy wife to him. And, anyway. All right, having said that. I guess the marriage itself just was not functional, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but I will say, um, I left Texas thanks to him, and we got here. And I, I married him about eleven months after I got sober. Okay, so let's put and, a pause on. Let's put a pin in that. <laughs> eleven months in sobriety, like you have sponsored lots and lots of women. Is that right? I don't know. Sorry. No, that's you, not right. I met him eleven. I met him 11 months after I got sober, and we got married a year later. Okay, so you so, started dating 11 months later? Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the question's so, still the same. So, I mean, the, you know, I mean, I'm, unco- I'm, not, I'm uncomfortable only because I don't have glowing things to report in this area. Like, this seems to be the last area where I'm able to apply the principles of the program, oh, relationships. Relationships, okay. And I'm, yeah. not, I'm not meaning to put you on the spot. No, 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 it's totally fine. I mean, uh, you know, I just wish I could be like, oh, it's all great, no, no, you know, but when I was 16 years sober, I got into a relationship that was horrendous. And, um, and I made a lot of bad choices and I had to kind of excavate somebody from my life and my house. Oh. And since then, I sort of, it kind of broke me. And so I just, uh, I haven't been in a relationship since. And I think probably you that's... genuinely not been in a relationship? Yeah. I just assume you're just tossing boys out the window. Okay, okay. No, 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 no. But... Also, I moved to the Middle East, which <laughs> <Right>. is... <laughs> maybe there was some unconscious motivation there. But I really, you know, this is one of those areas where uh, I still work on it a lot with my sponsor. Sure. Like, because, you know, stuff comes up. But I don't really trust myself around Stuff comes men. Up like you, like you find yourself interesting. You like situations come up, and I'm like, oh, look, I behave like a lunatic, or oh, I'm really uncomfortable here, and you know, I do my little step work and talk to my sponsor and say my prayers, and and she says, don't talk to that guy ever again. <laughs> Thank God, I have a sponsor who just never tells you what to do. <laughs> oh, good. I, just I'm to be clear, I'm just being, I'm being yeah. ridiculous, but you are, but. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so so like this relationship area, like I'm not very good at it. Interesting. Yeah, okay. I just feel like something in my spirit broke with that last one. Eight years ago. 
It was eight, eight years, years ago, ago, right? Yeah, yeah it was. Which is not to say like you get over a joint, but well, I think there's some truth to that. Like <laughs> maybe so, maybe so. What? But okay, but where I was going with that yeah, yeah. earlier, I mean, eleven months into sobriety, you get in. I'm assuming that you were with that guy, like it became like a serious thing because with about a year later you were married. Yeah. So not long after eleven yeah. months in, it became serious. Yeah. You sponsored plenty of people. What would be your feedback to? Joy, the sponsee, coming to you saying, "Hey, I met this great guy in in, uh, in the rooms of AA, and I think I'm going to start hanging out with him." Well, you want to know what my sponsor did when I met the last guy? The one that that yes ruined you for relationships moving forward. No, to put it your way, <laughs> hey, I'm just uh, repeating what you said and just no. more salacious. <laughs> I don't think he ruined. I think I volunteered. Well, whatever. She did this. <laughs> She put her head down on the <laughs> because that's because sixteen years in, the response from your from your sponsor was was that yeah yeah but you know I really believe um, why you why, know why, when I, I mean I, I I understand that that's humorous but what 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 is your take on that especially at the time versus today well at the time um, I I didn't think I was making super good choices okay. However, you know, I just thought, uh, well, he's here. Uh, this and I, you could insert any he here, mm -hmm. right? Like this is, this is one of my big character defects. I just think, well, the scraps of attention I'm getting now are better than being alone, mm -hmm. and so I will put up with whatever comes along with these little morsels of attention yeah. that I have to get in order to not be alone. This doesn't sound like something that. You have the corner market up. You have the market cornered up. <laughs> I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, I mean that yeah. sounds very yeah relatable. I, yeah, I, I know for sure I've been guilty of that. Yeah, once in my life. So so when she so the thing is it's like you know that saying we have um, if you want to stay sober if somebody wants to stay sober you can't say anything wrong and if they want to get drunk you can't say anything right. Maybe you haven't yeah, heard yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I was yeah. yeah. So that's kind of like my take on relationships as well. Like my sponsor could have said, okay. you should not ever blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to listen to her, uh -huh. right? Like we have to figure things out on our own. Of course. Well, I presume you know. she had that when she lifted her head off the yeah. table. And she, she just said, head. tell me about it, you know? <laughs> I mean, I will say, here's the thing. Um, I, I assume also I'm not the only one that's made interesting choices. So isn't that one of them? Anyway, you know, but, but like I always tell someone the truth. Okay. So no matter what I'm doing, what, let me say it in the past tense, whatever I've done in the past that I'm not proud of. And I, and I had a feeling, you know, that line of the book, I had this feeling I was being none too smart. Right. <laughs> I always tell on myself, I always at least tell my sponsor. Okay. So even uh, in in the time, while uh huh. Okay, okay. Yeah, like I'll call her the next day or within a week, and I'll be like, "Here's what I did." So, I have to tell myself, and I don't have to tell any other human being on earth, but I have to tell her. I understand. Like because I no whatever else I do, I do not want to drink again, right? I right. do believe to my core that to drink is to die in some way, and so the price I pay for that is. I relive the humiliation of the choices that I make when well, I tell her, you know? I feel it. I feel yeah. that. And, and as much as I'm gleeful at just the preposterous <laughs> aspect of calling and being like, well, here's what I did. Cause That's exactly what I, I say to yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and knowing as you're making the call, I'm not going to not do this again. I'm going to do right. the same thing tomorrow, yeah. but I need to be honest about yes. this. Because that's, 
I mean, if, if, it, if you're weighing out the difference, at least there's that. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I yeah. completely relate. I, one of my favorite speakers from here that I still quote all the time talked about, um, she spoke at the gratitude dinner some number of years ago, and she said, thank God when I got here, I only had to change one thing. She said, I just had to not drink. I didn't have to change anything else. Right. So, And she said, and I didn't change anything else for a long time or sure. some period of time. Sure, sure. And I just, I really cling on to that. Sure. You know, like, thank God we don't have to be perfect. You know, we don't have to like, Get it right the first or the second or thirtieth time, right? As long as I don't drink, I can try again. Sure. Well, and I mean, I would assume there's there's nothing abusive about the way that you approach stuff. I, I would assume that it's more self-abusive, right? Like I that's know that, probably that, true. There's a lot of people who are predators, right? Out yeah. there in the world, and the recovery community is part of the world. Yes. So they're, they're necessarily <laughs> part of that as well. And I wouldn't. I would know if anything you're someone who gets preyed upon would be my guess right i think that if you had to like uh, okay yeah register that you just already acknowledge you don't have a good sense of your own self but i think you would accept that that's more of in retrospect i could see that is happening right like going going forward of course none of us probably think we're being preyed upon Uh, yeah right (laughs) or praying super bad right uh, and Red I'm just gonna, I'm gonna guess most people who are praying know probably do know, yeah. do they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that. <laughs> do they? That's exactly. <laughs> that implies like, no, I mean, of course you guys. No, that's true. I okay. had a friend who said. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh gay. No, I mean, I I don't feel that I am a predator. I guess that's where I'm, where I'm pausing on there. But I have been conscious of my own like. Mm, behavior and and you know stepping back going oh is that okay am i am i being right mind yeah right? and again back to my approach like i if anything i have always approached people in, in the rooms as like hands off right like yeah i don't even want to that's part of why i would position myself like that is like i don't yeah. even want the complication of having to stop myself from flirting because if i'm attracted i'm going to flirt and then if I flirt, then I'll be like, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. any kind of response, then boom, yeah. I'm fixated. Yeah. And I'm also aware that we're all super raw, especially yes. when we first come in there. And right. so even if my motivation in my heart feels pure, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm not being a predator just by yeah. that much behavior, right? Which yeah. maybe I'm overthinking my own self because I don't, I don't want to be, I don't ever want to be a negative person. I don't want any experience with me to be negative towards someone else's recovery. Yeah. So, I don't know. that. <laughs> I, I don't think it's overanalyzing. I mean, I think it's really, I think it's important in our society, our recovery society, yeah. that people, we all like, take a look at our motives. There you go. Because we're all so vulnerable in this population in one way or the other, because we're coming to these places and we're bearing our soul in many cases. You know, yeah. even just showing up in the room breaks your anonymity to somebody, yeah, right? Especially here. Especially in this small little town, yeah. you know? And I think it's important. And it's so easy. The power differential is well, so... Yeah, and it's got, you know, I don't know, in the last year or so, maybe I've just become more conscious of it. Maybe the people I've been interacting with are more vocal or they've had more negative experiences than prior years. But I, I feel like there has been more attention to just like I, I you know women friends that I have who are just like yeah no I, I'm not comfortable in 
you know, ABC rooms, and I'm like, oh gosh, I don't yeah. feel uncomfortable at all. Which right. Which is like, oh right. shit. Yeah, that's, well, of course, they yeah. don't feel comfortable when I do, right? No, and I do find that we women, I'm going to speak on behalf of all yeah, women right yeah. now. Yeah, that's good. We can feel the creeper vibe in people, and men can feel it. Um, yeah. A as a whole. like I, No, as a whole, you're right. Right, like. I feel like I've become far more attuned to it in the last <laughs> 10 years. Okay, than good. Definitely in the last five than I used to be, and they're fucking everywhere, right? Like, we're yeah. creepy as fuck, men in general, and. <laughs> oh, uh. Well, I just know that you gotta ask some women. Like, I can ask women, is that guy creepy? Right. Yeah. 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 But I could ask you or 10 other guys. I'm like, no, he's fine. Uh, you know, I mean, some men. I, I don't, you, you might not I be have, like that I anymore. Have, I have yet to have a woman refer to someone recently, at least, and say, yeah, that guy's creepy, and not been like, yeah, no, I see it. Okay. <laughs> Yay. That's good news. But, that's um, good news. I don't want to talk about me because it just. Yeah, no. but you know, I've been going to meeting. I mean, the Abu Dhabi Fellowship is so small. Sure. I mean, when we're all in the room together, there's 20 of us. Okay. So that would I I have to admit yeah. that I would find that more difficult. I I appreciate a little bit more. Yeah. It goes in waves, I guess. But I I like the idea that sometimes I can walk in and just be kind of lost in yes. the room. Yeah. And if you're you know a handful of a dozen people yeah. or five people like. You're definitely on the spot to be like, yeah. how are you today? Yeah. Yeah. I ended up going mostly to, I, I'd i say the bulk of the time I went to three meetings. Monday, no, no, no. <laughs> no one's going to check. So yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, because Tuesday is the middle of the week there because we're Sunday to Thursday. Okay. Tuesday at 530 and then Saturday, Friday and Saturday. Okay. And Friday, I mean, here's the thing though. The people that are there sober, generally, um, there were some just amazingly on target, I don't know how to say it, sure. people, you know, who've been sober 20 or 30 years, work steps, you know, were right on. Well, and yeah, I mean, you have to hold on to it, right? Yeah. Like if you're out on an yeah. island like that, yeah. you only have that chance, right? Like yeah. I'm going to guess there's yeah. not 11 meetings a day every day. Right? Nope, we had one a day. Which until is enough. Yeah. And that, although in Dubai, which is only an hour and a half away... There was, I don't know how many meetings they have a day, six or seven a day. Oh, for real? Yeah, and they had a big fellowship. You could go to a meeting and be anonymous in Dubai. Why is the, that's interesting. Is the population sizes that much different? Or? I don't know for sure, but I suspect it's because Dubai is mostly expats, and Abu Dhabi, like the whole country as a whole is 85% expat, but I think it's less in Abu Dhabi. okay. okay. And you know the the expat population is basically who makes up the fellowship. Although there are there are a couple uh, locals that were coming in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I because it's uh, primarily Muslim mm -hmm. area, right? Is I, I wonder what the I wonder what the Muslim connection with AA in general is, right? Because it is a pretty Christian program, right? Like it is. So. It is. But um, I went to uh, we have a. A conference every year in the Middle East called Merca, Middle East, blah 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 blah, or something. <laughs> sure. Anyway, it rotates around. This year it was in Kuwait, uh -huh. and uh, yeah, I went so I could have my passport stamped Kuwait. <laughs> but yeah, but they had some women there who had started an Arabic Al-Anon meeting okay. because they had sons, a lot of times sons who were drinkers, because okay. there is a lot of drinking in the Middle East, and so. They had started it, and they were translating Smalanon literature into Arabic and stuff. So 
I mean, it, it happens and it is a problem, but until the society, you know, doesn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, anyway, you know. I mean, isn't, I thought the country was dry. No, no. It is a great place to drink. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Easy place to drink. I mean, so from what I can tell, I didn't test it out. But they do lots of brunches. So like you pay 500 durhams, you know, 150 dollars, drink all day from 10 a.m. till four, eat and drink. Right? Like, it is a terrific place to drink. Right. But the fellowship is where you are. You you know, at max capacity, it's still like 20 people. Yeah. And my only. Uh, experience with anything like that was I spent like a month, not like a month. I spent a month in Italy for yeah. work early in my. I life. remember that. Oh, I texted you once and you yelled at me. Do you know how much that text just oh cost me? I was I was grouchy with people back home in that trip. Yes. Anyway, just you. you were saying. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't just me. No, no, it was, okay. I, I came home and had some disgruntled friends. <laughs> uh, uh, the, I, I, you know, where I was staying was 90 minutes from Rome. I mean, there was nothing in um, I was in. And so I would go once a week on the weekends into Rome. And so those meetings were rough. Yeah. So, yeah. That's good that you have a spot where I'm assuming you walk in, you feel comfortable, you feel regular, you have yeah. a connection with the people. Yeah. And it, it feels, I don't know, you're joy. I'm sure that within a month and a half, everyone's like, Joy! Hello, let's hear from Joy! <laughs> A little. Yes. <laughs> but I guess that back to the relationship stuff, I, I'm assuming uh, since you were running away from the wreckage of your relationships here in town to go to... I don't think I said that. <laughs> you should see no, his I'm face. I'm pretty sure that's what you said. That's not what I said. You spent the last four years hiding in the Middle East so that you... First off, it's to... three years. Second, it was not hiding. <laughs> it was teaching. <clears throat> yeah, sure. No, I understand, Joy. <laughs> Anyway, go on. In a small (laughs) environment like that. I mean, you did already answer. I mean, I just assume that you're, you've been there for a few years. I would have just assumed you'd start naturally gravitating towards people. And if your main exposure is people in the rooms, but you don't have anything to share with that. I I don't got anything. Like, you know, we had a lot of newcomers. One of the great things about living there is there's tons of newcomers all the time. So I, I do know great, now great to and, s- and, uh... stay away from the newcomers. And um, and then, you know, a lot of guys that have been there a long time that are married. Sure. Um, and again, I think we talk about this a lot. We, my single friends, you know, living in Dubai maybe would have been different. But another, you know, another thing is, as far as relationships go, I guess this could be a sign of maturity. I'm not entirely sure. But, um, you know, I... I Everybody is on Tinder there. That's like a, mm-hmm. I know here it's total hookup. There it's also how you meet people. <laughs> I'm not sure that it's total hookup here either. Is it not? Okay. It depends on All right, I just made that up. My experience on there was it was not a total hookup. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It was, I think it was a delta of about 10 years below my lowest age group was, <laughs> was hookups only. Oh, okay, 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 okay. All right, stay correct. Above. My okay. is an older bracket. <laughs> okay. They're, they're hooking up left and right. All right, okay, okay, okay. I stand corrected. But um, I did meet a guy on there. We went on a couple dates. Oh. But, like, he has children. He has an ex-wife that's from, you know, some country over there. He's you never... at a point where you're going to have to be cool with dudes with ex-wives. You're... I understand that. I don't have a problem with the ex-wife or the kids, but the staying in Abu Dhabi for the next five or ten years, oh, I did have a problem okay, with, yeah. right? Like, I, I don't, I'm not made to live there mm-hmm. no, it's long term. 40 yeah. C. No, yeah. no, no. So, um, you know. 
But you referenced a second ago, uh, you've learned the stay away from the, the newcomers. Now, what? <laughs> the the guy, Oh. the, the, the not a great choice, oh. had not really been sober very long. So that was... Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Joy. <laughs> well, I think what came out of that... I don't think what what came out of that experience was I found Al-Anon. Oh, and Al-Anon saved my life. Really? Okay, Al-Anon is where it's at for me. Like drink a hundred percent. Like I know that I need not drink again, not and and I'm allergic to alcohol. I believe that, but I drink to deal with all that stuff that Al-Anon treats, okay. like the super codependency, the not the loss of my own self, like. And I didn't know that until I had that experience with that guy. Really? And, you know, just I painted all the red flags white. Okay, yeah. I moved him in. You know, I, I ignored other people. I ignored my own intuition. Your sponsor. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, but we're always yeah. ignoring that. <laughs> you know, that like I, I just, and I, and the thing was, is like I was powerless to stop it. You know, I'm watching the train wreck and I couldn't do it. And some people do not need, you know, we both know people who have come into um, AA and they are fine. Mm. Like they seem to get all the tools they need for living a happy, useful life mm. from, from these 12 steps. And that was not me. Like when I was 16 years sober, I've had several dips of like, sure. boy, life sucks. One was at seven years and one was big one at 16. Like it was just like, what the hell is going, what are you people so happy about? And um, and through Al-Anon, I found out what everybody was so happy about. Really? And that is probably what the main change in me in the last eight years is. Have you, and so over overseas, are you, is, are, is that available? I mean, I know well, you a Kuwaiti meeting, but that was a... So um, the first year I was there, I did not go to Al-Anon. Mm -hmm. So, and as I said, I had a really bad first job for a semester. So that oh. didn't help. Okay. Right. So I just used the, the program, but... The, my second year, I the, the end of that first year, I, I uh, life was better, but I still was dis-easy, dis I think is the best mm -hmm. way to put it. Mm -hmm. And so I made this commitment to myself that I would figure out Al-Anon. Like, so we had one meeting in Abu Dhabi, but it was on a Thursday afternoon at 5.30. Okay, so that is like the equivalent of having an Al-Anon meeting on a Friday night at 5 o'clock. Okay, like who's coming to that, okay. right? Like people go, especially when you live there, everybody goes travels on the way. I was always traveling. Like, so I started going to, I drove every Friday to Dubai. It's an hour, it's two hour drive. I just went on Friday and I would go to my favorite restaurant and go to the meeting and it changed my life. Okay. Just like, um, and that was one, one meeting a week okay. for Al-Anon, but I still went to a couple AAs okay. and it was, uh, it was a game changer. Like, I don't know how to describe it, except that that is what I need at this point. That's good. Yeah. I I, I went through a rough uh, breakup a couple of years ago, and mm -hmm. that was the first time I found my, because I, I had my, you know, codependence is, I feel like we're all codependent. All it humans, seems like, right? Yeah. Humans, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah. But all of us in in in, in, in all of us addicts, drug <laughs> alcoholics, we have a we're codependent yeah to some extent and it definitely described my relationship to my my, my marriage right i was i completely lost myself in mm -hmm. and uh i mean i don't recognize myself from then right like, yeah i know what you mean and um and that the, the the most recent that 
breakup that really, really rocked me was part of what rocked me so hard was um, I had been consciously avoiding codependency the whole time, and then it just you know mm-hmm. one day literally the the the, the shroud, shroud was dropped, and it was like, no, you've been super codependent almost mm. precisely the same way, but in some weird phase shifted way that I couldn't see it. Like yep. there was manipulation and yep. some severe gaslighting happening, which didn't help. Yep. Which I think is, you know, uh, back to the predator aspect, right? Like I wasn't aware of how much I was being, I don't know. My, I wasn't aware of how much I had walked myself into basically the same corner. Yes. And that I, that's all like vague description of why I found myself. I've gone to a couple of online meetings as a result of that because I was just like, I don't know what the fuck this is. Yeah. Like, what the hell is wrong with me? And yes. I got into deep counseling was yep. really what helped me through all that period. Um, I guess all that's to say is that I haven't really got the fire for Al-Anon, right? Like I went yeah. to a handful, I went to the ones that I was told were the best here in town and they, they seem cool and I, I recognize people in there and they pull me aside and I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. I'm so glad not as, like, as we do. No, not, not like, oh, so I've been waiting. Yeah, yeah. You would come in here, you specifically, you fucking codependent weirdo. No, but just like encouraging and just like, oh my God, it's so great. And and I, I just, I found myself like, because they're roughly the same time like that or an AA meeting and, and I, I did like, the last one I went to, uh, it was, you know, you walk down the hall and you can go left to the yeah, and you yeah. go right to the Al-Anon. And I was like, I kind of don't want to go right. I want to go left. Yeah. And I just kept doing that. And I haven't wandered back. No good reason. I just, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel, I don't know what I want to say this. I, I didn't appreciate just from what I was experiencing how to apply their version of the steps, right? Like I understand the steps yeah. are, they're nice and not vague, but they're they're intentionally designed to just be a, designed for living. You don't have to be, you know, step one is the yeah. only one that references your dependency and the rest of it is the same. Like yeah. A human being would benefit from it. So I just couldn't bring myself, I couldn't see myself going to the spot of like talking to one of those guys in there and be like, well, you don't sponsor me in this because it just, it felt like so many steps just to get to that level before I even felt like talking to someone about it. I was like, eh, it's not worth it. I'm just yeah. going to go across the hall. Yeah. Um, it's just me outing myself, I guess. I, I can yeah. very easily see myself wandering back in there. Because I have, you know, lots of people that I've met in, in the rooms have mentioned, you know, that Al-Anon helps them and then they swear by it. And I just, I, I haven't found that connection yet. It's so. not for, you know, <laughs> we're all different. Hey, I mean, for, hey, I don't know what to tell you. you know, it's not for everyone. But like what I was thinking when you were talking <laughs> is that this is like a question from, I don't know, the beginning. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> one of the, what's one of the ways I'm different now? Yes, no, please. And one of the big ways I remember, it's like I'm just so much easier on myself. Now, I know that oh, sure. that may not seem like it no, from where you're sitting. I, I know you well enough to know yeah. that a lot of this is just joyism. <laughs> and you're but I, grounded and, and like, you're just sitting, you're just a quiet, oh. peaceful, serene human. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, go, go. go. Uh, I just, you know, like I hear people in meetings talk about, you didn't remind me, you didn't sound like this, but it just reminded me, like, you know, I should do, I remember one time after a meeting in the North End, me and and another woman who has been sober a little longer than me, Uh and this was like five or ten years ago, Uh and and some newcomer person, or she had been sober, I think, five or six years, this other person, both of us 
The other two of us are like at 15 or 16. Right. So you, you, you guys ganged up on her. Yeah, because she came up to us. She was like, I know I should be working the steps, and I know I should do all this, but I just don't. And she's all frantic. And me and this other girl just looked at each other like, eh, you'll do it when you do it. Like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. You know, like, and I just, I feel like, I feel like I embody that a lot more now. It's like I don't freak out about the program anymore. I just, I mean, it's deathly serious. Uh-huh. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, but like, I just, I don't have that sense of pressure on me. Mm-hmm. I, I just, it's like, all right, you can work it or not. Yeah. I'll be here. As, or I'll go where I want. Like, I don't know how to explain it. No, I like that. I, I, as you're describing all that, I'm, I am, like, indexing through Members of Joy through the years, and, and I see it. I do see it. I oh, that's nice. At some point, uh, not long before you left town, because um, our paths crossed less and less frequently. Yeah, yeah. Because we both got jobs in, in normal lives. <laughs> um, well, and I, 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 my life panned out in a way that I couldn't make that 7 a.m. meeting. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I assumed that all those people were still there every single day, and I just wasn't. So that may or may not be true. <laughs> but then when I would run into you around or just on, on the Facebook as it happens. On the Facebook? How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I did clock a difference in your demeanor, and I, I appreciate that. Thanks. I, I, I think it's, I didn't register, I didn't realize that you didn't register that about yourself so freely. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, just a little out external props for you. Well, thank you. I'll take them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, I think it's a nice way to button this up. I mean, I, I, do you have anything else that you wanted to share with the 11 or so people who are going to listen to this? <laughs> I'm going to exaggerate the number, but let's be real. <laughs> well, I know I said this last time uh, when we did take one. Mm, yeah. You know, I just want to be really clear that you don't have to have my higher power. Like, I don't want any, no, anybody, (laughs) any, any of you 11 people out there can have your own higher power. It doesn't have to be mine. Mine happens to be the Christian one, but that doesn't, that isn't, that is no way indicative of, you know, I I do. I feel like that's such a big barrier for a lot of people. And again, that's something else I've experienced in the last year or so is a better awareness of just how turned off people are by the religiosity of or what they perceived religion. Yeah. Perceived religiosity, and maybe that's my own uh, perspective of, like, I just ignore it, so to me it doesn't exist, but I can see it better for other people as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good life we have. It is a good life we have. I mean, like, you, you're about to go live in Israel for I mean, I just, whole years. Yeah. I mean, being sober, it's just, I could not be here. I, I mean, sure. it's just mind-blowing what the gifts we get when we get sober yeah. and stop making life worse. And I mean, look at you sitting here. You're still employed. <laughs> You're raising you children. you got long hair like it's the 80s. <laughs> he does look very Miami Vice. <laughs> I don't think Miami Vice is the right reference. I do. But I appreciate totally it. the right reference. All right, all right. Anyway. All right. Thank you, Joy. Thank you, Dylan. It's been great. Probably